This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 74 of the EO Business Podcast for the APAC region. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Tristram Morgan from 365 Solutions Group. Did I get that right? You did indeed. Well right. done. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful, but um, so it you're... Is. You're a uh, you're a member of uh, EO in Brisbane. Um, right. how, how long have you how long have you been in EO for? Um, I'm a bit of a virgin, to be honest. We're we're not even up to our first anniversary yet, so I think it was oh. November last year. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, what what um, I guess what was the driver for you to join up and? So someone who works in my building in the city um, that I was introduced to by an external party, funnily enough, said, oh, you guys should talk. You're in the same building. We got talking. We'd both done the key person of influence course. That became apparent with the conversation. It's like, ah, you've done KPI, the old product for prospects thing. And then it became, oh, do you know anything about EO? And I've never heard of it before. So uh, Melissa Marsden is her name. She's um, been around in the uh, the Brisbane chapter for a little while, fairly well known to uh, to people in EO Brisbane. And um, so, yeah, she said, well, why don't you come along to a session? I went along to a session. I went, you know what? I think this is the right place for me. Oh, um, good on you. Which was actually quite a bit to take on because I'd already just signed up to a program called Queensland Leaders and a yeah. coaching program called Abundance Global. And right. it's like, oof, I'm going to be a bit oversubscribed here. But at the same time, it serves a great purpose. And I have found, funnily enough, that every time I have a problem in the business, it's like, welcome to the scaling up people day. Oh, I was just yeah. thinking about how do I measure the KPIs on an EA, for example. And then I go along and find out. So it's been very serendipitous. So so the key person of influence, is that the one where you write a book? That's one of the things you do, yeah. So it's yeah. well known for that. It's basically... Um, run by Dent Global. It's about how do you elevate yourself from the competition to become the the person that people go to. And definitely writing a book helps with credibility. It's about publishing articles, winning awards, forming partnerships, building a product ecosystem, lots of elements to it. And it was really helpful. I did that probably finished up about two and a half years ago. Um, How long did it it take you to write the book? I haven't finished the book yet. The the book is... Oh, right, okay. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it is. So they have a project where the idea is that you write the book as part one of the modules. I think about 10% of people actually manage that Yeah. because it's a huge undertaking, especially if you've never written one before. Um, And uh, yeah, so I've got the book as a a work in progress. It's probably 80% done, but getting that last to 20% is tough. And and how many words would you have to write to, you know, to, to publish a book, do you think? So they, they talk about a thirty to 40,000 word minimum. Having okay. said that, I had a conversation with a publisher who helps people self-publish, and she made an excellent point, which is that if your goal is to sell books, then write a thirty to 40,000 word book. But if your goal is to give something of high value that people can consume on a plane trip when those were a thing, or you know, um, one afternoon or yeah. an evening, then write a 10,000-word book. So I'm actually breaking my 30,000-word book into three separate books. That's a so good I'm, idea. Yeah. So I think it's really <laughs> just the um, it's just the point that you've got a book and you've got – I don't know if people – no offence, but I, I know when people give me books, so half the time I don't read it, but I, went, oh, I, I get that. I'm impressed. Oh, wow, you've written a book. and. You must, know what you, you must know what you're talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely the goal. It's not to get people yeah. to read the book and think what a great author you are. 
I mean, obviously you want some people to read the book because it's it's um, taken you a long time to write and it's about yeah. here are some ideas for how you can transform your business in my case. Um, yeah. But yeah, the goal is really to say, I'm a published author. We know what we're talking about. So when we have the meeting, I've got instant credibility that would otherwise yeah. be difficult to establish. Yeah. And then so 365 Solutions Group, you're a Microsoft partner. So tell us about what that involves. Sure. So um, we focus solely on the Microsoft technology stack. And uh, what we help businesses to do is, is really to get back time to focus on what they went into business for in the first place. So yeah. no business owner goes into business with the dream of, oh, I can't wait to spend 20 hours a week on admin. Um, and yet that's what we end up doing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's managing all these different systems and trying to run reports from this platform over here. But hang on, that's not the whole picture. I need to go to that platform over there. So we really do three things for businesses. We make data accessible whilst keeping it secure because those are two opposite ends of the scale. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to find the right balance for each business, depending upon sensitivity of data, et cetera. So it's about access and security. Then it's about automation and streamlining. So yep. getting your processes streamlined and automated so that you remove all the paperwork, um, turn that into digital forms, connect systems that don't talk to each other and create efficiencies that way. Um, and the third bit is meaningful reporting. So how okay. do you extract information that tells you things, for example, like how are we tracking with current projects or, or sales? How are we tracking with the pipeline? How are we tracking with cash flow? What's the customer sentiment like? So that you can really get a bit of a helicopter view of where your business is doing well or not so well and give the attention to where it's needed most at the time. And, and so it's like a business dashboard, so to speak. Is that That's right. That's yeah, right, yeah. So there are, there are lots of siloed bits of information that you can get you can get a report on what's happening in crm you can get a report from zero or your um your uh, finance package to see what your cash flow forecast looks like you can go to your delivery platform or stock management platform to find out what's uh, what's happening there but if you can pull it all into one place through power bi you've got yeah. a dashboard that shows you all the the important needles a bit like the dashboard in your vehicle you know, so is that is is that something you you guys have developed, or this is a Microsoft product that you help customers? I don't know, customize or contextualize for their business. Good question, Brendan, because it's a bit of both. So Microsoft provide the tools, but the way we talk about it, it's a bit like you can walk into Bunnings, and in yeah. theory, you could build everything from a bird box to a house, but neither yeah. of those things exists until you build them. So you've got all the tools available, and then you have to configure them into something. So we do the configuring. So yeah. Power BI is a very powerful tool, but our dashboard is our product. We've also gotcha. built um, a SharePoint document <clears throat> management system and intranet out of the box. We yep. built a CRM starter kit out of the box. So we built our own IP on top of the platforms. Yeah. Um, but really, a lot of what we do is either replacing or integrating third-party platforms. Because if you've got four or five different places to go and enter information, there's a big chance that you're going to get something wrong or there's going to be a mismatch in records or you'll miss a step. So by pulling in, and, and, and frequently, Brendan, it's actually Microsoft might only be a small part of the puzzle. So to give you yeah. an example, with one organization, Volunteer Marine Rescue Brisbane, we've transformed their whole business through just SharePoint. So they used to have um, a website that didn't do anything where people would enter their information to say they wanted to become a member. 
and they used to copy that information into Access. Then they'd copy that information into Myob. They'd copy that information into the security system. Yeah. And it was all manual. So when the payment was made, update this, update that. And now everything works seamlessly so that the, the website populates SharePoint, which populates Myob, which populates everything else. So all they do now is manage the exceptions. And the only thing that's Microsoft is SharePoint, but it spreads yeah. its tendrils out into the rest of their business. That's just so... Uh... That situation that you uh, just described, is so, it seems so archaic, doesn't it? Like so many different points where errors could happen uh, or, you know, where humans are involved and they go, oh, I forgot to do that one. And it could, <laughs> it could, could be something of huge value for the business. And they just over, overlook it. And it's it's a uh, a problem that we all suffer from, Brendan. I mean, you know, we're the mechanics car in many cases, yeah. where you know we don't fix up our own processes as quickly as we'd like because we're busy doing it for other people. But mm. we're all in that situation where you start a business and you focus on the tools you absolutely need. So you need email, and you might often start with a spreadsheet instead of a CRM, and you you just get all the tools that you can together and do the best you can until you can afford something better. But often you're not even aware of what you need to change because, A, you don't have expertise in that area, and, and B, you've never sort of taken the time to just sort of stop and go, hang on, is this working? Because you're so yeah. busy delivering. And so, so, that's, that's, yeah. so it sounds like your expertise is helping business optimise for productivity. That's exactly right. It's uh, what we call digital transformation, which is a very yeah. overused term, unfortunately. But it really yeah. is taking lots of systems that don't talk to each other to pull them into a single pane of glass and yeah. getting rid of paperwork and getting rid of third-party systems and replacing them with tools. So as an example, um, lots of people are using Calendly when they've already got bookings in Office 365. They just don't know it exists because no one's told them. And they're using mm. Evernote, whereas OneNote is part of Office 365. And they're using Dropbox when they've got OneDrive and SharePoint, which do the same. Um, the, the, the old example before COVID was you're using Zoom and Slack, and yet you've got Teams. Why would yeah. you have these other tools? So it's often just saying, why don't we pull things together as much as possible and it's about saving little increments of time and reducing yeah. the management overhead. Yeah, that makes total sense. So do you have like a, a sweet spot of, you know, what size businesses does this start working for with your, like is it your model a recurring revenue model where you charge a monthly access fee to help companies stay optimised or is it a one-off so we, setup fee or how does that work? We have a few offerings, Brendan. So, yes, we do have what we... Um, well, we've got a full managed service where we help people yeah. with everything IT. We also have a quarterly review process where people can check in with us regularly or we'll check in with them to basically talk about what's happened in their business that's changed, what's happened with the technology that might have changed. But most of what we do is working to deliver systems that are optimized. So it's very much a project focused business. Um, and we often get introduced to people by, well, these days it's mostly customers that have worked with us and have been very happy. A lot of partners who might be an IT business themselves, but yeah. they sell you servers and laptops and wireless access points, and they don't really have the expertise around applications. So, yeah, um, so yeah we engage with people usually on um, a, an ad hoc basis, and then we frequently find that turns into an ongoing relationship so, so with uh, managed services or ad hoc support. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Actually, we had a, a, a new EO member on episode 72, Leon Black, and he 
is in IT, but he's doing all the uh, cybersecurity. So that that could be, you know, maybe a potential. Do you guys do cybersecurity as well, or we we do, Brendan, and it's specifically around Microsoft. So okay. yep. what we find is that there is no such thing as making yourself safe from a cybersecurity threat. If people really want to get in, they'll get in. It's a mm. bit like your house. So if you put bars on the windows and an alarm system and you lock everything down, um, to the casual burglar, it's going to be, what's the point? I'll find an easier yeah. target. And if yeah. someone really wants to get in, they can still pull the roof tiles off and dr- jump yeah. in through the roof space and so on. But if you've got all the doors locked internally and everything valuable is in a safe, it's just too hard. And yeah. someone has to be totally motivated to get in. So what yeah. we find is that with Microsoft, if you can protect your emails and your documents from being stolen, then you've mm. reduced the majority of risk. But then we work with other partners to say, this is part of the problem. You also yeah. need to look at your, your whether it's your IP cameras or whatever other vulnerabilities you may not have thought of where people yeah. can work in. So yeah, we do we do work synergistically with with specialists in other areas outside Microsoft. Yeah, that's awesome. And so how long has the business been going for? So we are in our fifth year now. So oh, we'll right. be, okay. we'll be five years old in um uh January. <laughs> to okay. think about that for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. So um We've been, we've been going for about five years. We've uh, we've built a, a solid little team and some really strong expertise, and um, we've got a lot of recurring customers now. Which you know, in the early yeah. days, you just turn up to any yeah. opportunity and do anything you can for a customer. And these days, we're fairly clear about if you're twenty to two hundred seats, and if you've got yeah. a lot of people sitting in front of computers, you're an ideal customer. But having yeah. said that, we've got, you know, everything from a one-man band to Origin Energy. So there's a big, yeah, broad mix. Big, big broad. We do, yeah, we find two, 20 to 200 seats. That's when there's a massive ROI if we can yeah. save time for everybody every day. Yeah, 100%. And so what led you into, what, like, what were you doing before this? That, well, that, what, what gave you the broad idea of uh, setting up your own, you know, Microsoft partner business? Funnily enough, um, I was in telco for years and years and focused on the more the application side. So unified communications, contact center software, that sort of thing. Um, So I've done it all in telco over about 20 years. And I was talking to someone at a social event and explaining what I did. And when they said, well, what do you do in telco? And I told them, they said, isn't that IT? And I kind of had the penny drop moment that I was working in IT without realizing it. (laughs) And um, so I've really just transferred that from Telco, where it started off learning Office 365 so that I could sell what at the time was Link, then became Skype for Business and is now Teams. Um, And I kind of realized this is a powerful suite of tools. Yeah. Um, And uh, after working for someone who had a business that does similar things to us for a year, Um, I was really frustrated by the way they were doing things. It was slow, painful. Customers Mm. were often uh, not really happy with the outcome. So I tried to do better in that business when the owner wasn't really open to my feedback. I thought, well, I'm just going to go do it myself. And uh, here we are. (laughs) And then so what what are those early, like how did you get the thing started? Did you obviously started with, did you have a customer to come on board or how how did you hustle to get, get the fire burning? 
So basically, I've been working in Brisbane now for 25 years in the sales space. So I've got a decent network of people with the No Light Trust, you know, platform. So I literally just reached out and started talking to people. Yeah. And we built some things on the, the Field of Dreams approach of build it and they will come. That's where, you know, some of our IP came. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, with the bundles we've built but yeah really it was just working the phones and and getting little bits of business like great we've got four hours to go and do some sharepoint work over here and oh these guys need help with a basic email migration and these yeah, guys right. want a power bi dashboard and it just built and built and of course we've tried to do a lot of things for people that weren't really in our wheelhouse because it was revenue yeah and um we've we've done a lot of things that we wouldn't do again and then yeah. we've just tweaked it now to the point where if, if you're not the right kind of business where you're you've got an appetite for change um and you've got a budget to spend to do it properly and you want to train your people we're probably not a right fit yeah so, it sounds yeah. it sounds pretty quick though five years to you know build up with a healthy bunch of clients and what what was the point what was the point where it it went from like I've got this theory that it, it uh, I've had like lots of small businesses over the years and I've got this theory that it takes five to six years to break out of wages. So um, in any startup, you'll be, you know, you pay yourself a basic wage, you know, for the first five years and then there's this inflection point where you you cross and suddenly, you know, you, you're making really good profits. So what was that point for you? I'm still waiting for that point, Brendan. Yeah, um, yeah. Where we're at now is definitely still sort of startup mode, growth mode. So yeah. I've employed some people on big wages to do big jobs and they didn't work out. And I've learned a lot from that. So mm. we've learned a lot of profit in just trying to sort of solve problems in, in different mm. ways. But I think what really changed things around from going from survival mode every month, like, will we make it next month? to you know what we're over that hump now we can start planning yeah. for the future was winning a big contract with the department of local government all oh, right so that's a good a, one yeah, yeah two hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract originally for a big um grants management system yeah and uh, that's actually kept growing and growing and it's kept us going so that was that was the keep the door open money yeah and then it yeah. so that was probably about uh two and a half years in three years in yeah and that's the point where i kind of went <sighs> okay, yeah. I can pay the bills next month. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, hopefully, within the next six months, we'll get to the point where I can actually start to think about what do I do with the profit. So we turned yeah. the profit last financial year and a reasonably healthy one. And yeah. um, so now we've got the luxury of being able to say, okay, let's let's put the money into the things that we think are going to grow. But that that big contract was really the thing that stopped us from going, you know, hero to zero every month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope my theory is correct for you, mate. You're, it sounds like you're uh, any, any, any month now or any quarter now, well, you've already, you've already got there, right? You're already profitable. And then it, if you keep going in this same direction, you've defined your, your customer. It's just about adding more profitable customers to the mix. I take it. That's right. We, we've actually got a really clear idea of what we need to do to get yeah. everything right. We've, we've been told a lot of times, you've got all these valuable assets, you've got this brilliant stuff going on. How do you yeah. actually pull it into a, a, a concentrated, focused effort? And we're nearly there. So we're actually working with another, another EOA, um, Ben Hirons from Due North. He's doing a, um, a revamp of our marketing strategy. So we yeah. can get really clear about the messaging. Uh, we're getting our website rebuilt. We've um, taken on a marketing manager late last year so that we can get regular content going out. So we're, we're pulling it all together. 
So I do feel confident that in the next six months we're going to get over that hump yeah. and we're going to start seeing the, the bank account increasing every month rather than going like a roller coaster. Yeah. So um, I take it you're eating your own dog food. Not literally. Absolutely. But you, you, <laughs> but, uh, um, so your website's talking like that automation flow that you, you described right at the beginning of the interview. Is that what you do for yourself as well? Yes, absolutely. So the, the next stage will be the sales funnel being refined. So we do yeah. have one. We've got um, uh, the CRM that's a pretty sophisticated tool in terms of reaching out to people and so on. We haven't gone to that level of um, having a, a complete sales funnel. So from the website, we go through the series of emails and then we put them onto the mailing list. That's kind of filling in the gaps a bit now, but we're yeah. nearly there. So yeah, we've got lots of automations, simple things like when we post a blog post on our website, that also goes to our LinkedIn page, our Facebook page and our Twitter page through some automations. Oh, right. Um, that, sounds yeah, so like got- sort of th- that sounds like the sort of thing I need for the podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> constantly running behind going, oh my God, I've got to post it over here and it's all a manual process for me, which is always a pain. Yeah, and that's exactly the sort of stuff that we, we've got 50 or so of those little solutions in the business where when this happens, make that happen over there. When this happens, yeah. it goes there, there, and there. And it saves a bunch of manual work. So that's exactly yeah. the sort of stuff that we do for other people as well, but usually just on a bigger scale. Yeah, and so how big's your team now? Uh, so we're, uh, we've been up to 11 on payroll at one point, and then we've had to do a bit of culling when we, we didn't have yeah. the right people in the right seats and so on. So I've you know, never run a business with staff before, so yeah, yeah. Um, really learned a lot and, and figured it out as we go. Um, and we're now at the situation where we have seven on payroll with another one starting next week um, yeah. and another hopefully joining us uh, in a couple of months. We're just sort of doing the, the last minute negotiations. So we'll be 10 to 12 by the end of the year. And um, I think my plan is to double that pretty much next year. All oh, right. Okay. Now that you've got, it sounds like you've got the model, a good idea of what the model looks like. And now it's just about growing that, adding that's more right. pe- people on to support it and that sort of thing. Yeah, oh, that's, that's it. We, we made a bit of a mistake in having too many non-billable resources yeah. um, compared to billable, which was a bit of a deliberate plan, but it just burned all the cash. I thought that we would get results quicker by taking on some strategic yeah. people. They weren't the right people. So now yeah. we're going the other way around. Let's get more billable resources to pay for the non-billable. And yeah, yeah. So that's well, I think, I think that's just the journey of business, isn't it? Like, I mean, you just, you have to make mistakes to learn. That's right. And we've made plenty and I'll make plenty more, but we try yeah. not to make the same one twice. <laughs> and, and also I like the, the theory of like, you know, like trying lots of little inexpensive things and sometimes things that you don't expect work and the ones that you expect to work don't. So it's just about sort of putting it out there and trying lots of different things to, to see what happens. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm frequently surprised with the things that take off and often disappointed with the things that I was so sure were going to make a, a big difference. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's, uh, tell us um, what your website is if people want to connect in. Sure. So uh, it's all the W's, 365solutionsgroup.com.au. It's yep. um, going through a revamp at the moment because it looks a bit half-baked and unfinished. We started yeah. off with a simple website and we built it and built it and built it, put more content out and it's a bit of a mess. But yeah, at least from there, I do get told by people who go and read it that it articulates really well what we do 
and how yeah. we do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, by all means, you can go there and there's lots of resources to download in terms of um, ways in which you can keep your environment secure, simple yep. steps to automate, et cetera. So there's a lot of good, valuable content on there. Okay, Tris, thanks very much for coming on the show today. My pleasure, Brendan. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to an APAC EO production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.